Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the WTF1 That Time When podcast. God, I've missed that. Have you? I haven't even introduced you yet, and you have just spoken. That is the first time you've ever done it. Let's introduce each other now. Each other? Who is here? (laughs) Me. I'm here. I'm Matt. I'm you're, Tommy. You're Tommy. And I am Dan. You are Dan. I am Dan. Yeah. Lovely to have you, gentlemen. It's been a little while since that time when last time, hasn't it? When was the last one? I feel we did? like it was a long time ago. It was a long time that we have sat here and yeah. looked into each other's beautiful eyes. It's been a good few months. Yeah, it's been at least a day. <laughs> so, with F1 testing underway, we're going to be talking about the time when Fernando Alonso was mysteriously injured during pre season testing in 2015. Now, why was he mysteriously injured? What, what, what do we mean by that? There was a, it was just a very weird incident and there was so much speculation about what it really was and we'll go into it. Yeah. We will get into it. So let's start in 2015. And what was going on at McLaren at that time? We had Kevin Magnussen who was dropped after his debut season in Formula One. And then we had Fernando Alonso joining Jensen Button at the team, which I imagine at the time was quite a highly anticipated prospect. Yes, it was. Was, was it... Am I right in saying that Magnuson? You later found out that Magnuson was dropped via a text message. I think I think that was when he was fired from being a, te- a test driver. At the ah, end of that year. okay. Because this is the year that he he had he, his first year was started off all right, and then sort of he got, went back to third driver though, didn't he? Yeah, he went back because to third driver. M- McLaren liked to do that. They yeah. have their innovative three driver strategy. Oh it? yeah, that was it. Yeah. That- <laughs> now in 2015, also was the first year of Honda Power and the beginning of the memes, wasn't it? The legendary partnership, or as it ended up being, the memes, yeah. Yeah, yeah because I guess, you know, a lot of people forgot that that was the legendary partnership back in the day uh, with all of their their championships, but uh, it quickly turned sour and McLaren-Honda became a big, fat meme, didn't they? Yeah, there was so much hype around it that it was... I don't think anyone imagined that it would be bad. It was like, oh, McLaren Honda, they're going to win races. It's mm. going to be like Prost and Senna. But it just you showed. You think they would be that, even even if they didn't uh, win races, we just thought they, that bad. Yeah, we didn't really think anything would change. They'd no. still be like, you know, fighting for podiums and I think stuff. The and, theory behind it was that Ron Dennis, uh, yeah, it was Ron Dennis, in terms yeah, of the point, yeah. um, believed that you couldn't win a world championship if you had a customer engine, yeah, basically. Yeah. So. They were like, well, you know, we could have Mercedes engine, which are great, but Mercedes would always win the world championship. So we need to try something different. So that was their theory that let's get Honda on board and then build Honda to us and we'll create this incredible partnership where everything goes great. And I, and I guess the, their struggles really did highlight how different Formula One regulations are now with the engine, especially uh, back to when they were winning. You know, you have the hybrid era, many complications and I guess talk of how it wasn't just Honda, it wasn't just McLaren, it was the it was the relationship and the fact that they weren't willing to budge on certain things and it just became very toxic, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean Honda I think they, they were going to enter in twenty fourteen at the start of the hybrid era, but then they thought, no, we'll delay it a year so that we can get properly prepared. 
and <laughs> that worked, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, so let's let's look at pre-season testing then. So the first test was in Jerez, yeah, uh, and uh, the reliability problems began straight away. Um, how how hard was it for them in their first test? Uh, very badly. Yeah. Have you got? I've got <laughs> how some, hard was I've it? Got very some, badly. I've got some notes. We've got we've got some numbers. Go on, hit me with some numbers and some uh, notes. Then I've got the in the uh, in the first test they managed 380 no was this the first test or the whole of te- i think the whole of testing i've got the first test so first test in Hereth, they did 79 laps over four days which um if you think that as time of recording we've just had the first test session of f1 this year and verstappen did 168 laps in one day and every single team did over 100 and laps and every team did 100 laps and mclaren did 79 laps in the four days <laughs> And uh, extrapolated across the, th- the three tests that year, there were 12 days, three tests. 12 then. days, wow. Yeah. yeah. Across those entire 12 days, McLaren Honda managed 380 laps in 12 days of testing. Uh, Mercedes did over a thousand more than that. And uh, Force India completely missed the first test that year and did 670 <laughs> laps in testing. So, you know, when McLaren are completing just over half as many laps as a team that missed a third of it. I've got an even more damning stat here, which is in the Barcelona test, so the second test, things got even worse. The longest continuous run they did over the entire bit of testing was 12 laps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my Um, God. Which is equivalent to 34 miles, which a race distance would be about 200 miles. So... Things were not looking good. No, and in the, in the first test, uh, they they couldn't even run the engine at full power because it was too unreliable. Which showed up in the speed traps. Yeah, and uh, it was quite obvious. It had a weird sound as well. I remember when uh, like the first video started coming out, oh, of, like, yeah. the sound of the McLaren Honda. It sounded really rough, mm, which yeah. you know not necessarily a bad thing. But when you look back at it, you think, oh, they that. That was obviously makes a lot of sense as yeah. to why they were going so slowly. So obviously very difficult for the team. You wouldn't expect, to, especially a team like McLaren, you know, maybe a, a bottom team. You know, where we seen Williams uh, only last year struggle with testing and that sort of stuff. But you don't expect it from McLaren. This whole new exciting partnership, especially uh, with Honda. especially like you were saying before, they had a whole year to prepare for this. Yeah, they they sacked off a year to say no, we'll get hundred percent ready. And what were they doing? What were they doing were for they a whole doing? year? Now, their troubles became even worse as uh, Fernando Alonso suffers a very unusual crash on the third and final day of the second pre-season test session. Uh, and he hit the wall on the exit of turn three at 150 kilometres an hour, suffering yeah, so concussion. Turn three is the sweeping right-hand, yeah. long right-hand yeah. boy. This is at, at Spain, right? Yeah, Cata- yeah, yeah. So de Barcelona, Catalonia, Catalonia. Catalonia. Uh, so he hit the wall, 150 kilometres an hour, and uh, suffered concussion during the accident. But there was a little bit of speculation as to what exactly happened with the car and Alonso thereafter as well, right? Yeah, it's an unusual one because because it was in testing as well. It was almost because there's no videos of it and it's all a bit under the radar. Because there back was, then there was no POVs, etc. There's yeah, not like the there's, full. Yeah, we, we have now. We didn't have the live streaming no. testing like we do now. Um, and yeah, just so so it was all a bit kind of, it was all just coming out on Twitter from various things like Alonso's had a crash and the car looked fine, Yeah, realistically. It wasn't like he'd, you know, gone in upside down and flipping through the air and stuff. Um, and Vettel was behind him 
and said that you know he was he was on a inlap he'd he'd backed off so um i think the the thing that i read of the reason why it was such a bad crash is because he'd backed off lost the car and then he'd gone sideways into the wall and the car had hit almost flat on the angle of the two tires right. so if you think that when you go even though it looks really bad Say, say, for example, Alonso's crash in 2016 in Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. He's yeah. flipping through the air and it looks absolutely horrific, but all the energy is like... It's all dissipating. Dissipating energy. everywhere. Yeah, and it's not fine. going into Alonso. It's yeah, into whereas it. smashing into the wall side on, all that energy is just going straight through Alonso's body, essentially. Yeah. Uh, and that's what they believed knocked him out. Yeah. And the crash was recorded at 30G. That's- so even at a slow... Slow for Formula One. Yeah. 30 Gs. Side on as well. Yeah. Side the, on. Uh, the official, I think the official word from McLaren was that he'd uh, lost the car because of a gust of wind. Nico Rosberg style. Nico yeah. Rosberg style. Very strange. Very odd indeed. Uh, was there any other speculation? Any other things people uh, thinking that maybe he crashed there, on purpose? No. Well, I've, I've got a list of reasons here that uh, that people were sort of rumours that were, that were speculating about uh, because, you know, why would a, a driver of Alonso's experience lose the car from a gust of wind? On an inlap. On an inlap. Um, so there was some suggesting that it was a car failure. Uh, one one rumour said that he'd been electrocuted by the ERS oh, Jesus uh, and passed out, causing him to hit the wall. Uh, some people thought that he may have had some sort of secret illness that he was hiding from everybody, which had caused him to black out. Wow. Um and so I think some people believed he passed out before, yeah. and that's what kind of speared him into the wall. Yeah, right. And yeah. uh, there's another reason why it was, or one of the reasons someone came up with this, why it was all being kept hush hush, was because apparently one of his seat belts had failed, and they were trying to keep it quiet. But I don't believe any of those. Um, None of those. What do you no, think, Dan? What do you think? Um, well, you <clears throat> he braked and downshifted before he hit the wall, so he obviously wasn't passed out. Mm. Um, and I think, like you say, it was just the unusual angle of him hitting the wall. Um, so, like, when you say it all together like that, it's like what's mysterious about that. But then there's there's more to it later, sort of, when he when he comes out of the hospital. Oh, oh. Um, let's talk about that, shall we? I mean, McLaren, obviously, as you say, sort of downplay the incident. Um, and, and Magnussen finishes off the final third test in Alonso's place. But then it's announced that Alonso will miss the first race in Australia as well. Yeah. So he was not a well boy, or at least no. what well, was... After the accident, uh, apparently there was a report came out uh, that the marshal who attended to him, apparently Alonso was knocked out, but only for a few seconds. And when he came up, uh, came around, Alonso thought he was in 1995 and told the marshal he was going to be an F1 driver. Um <laughs> Uh, that is absolutely. Yeah, he thought he was in karting, wasn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. He, um, so he was helicoptered off to hospital, um, and they kept him for observation for three days, and obviously diagnosed him with a severe concussion. Yeah. And if you have a, a, two concussions close together, that can be very, very bad. Mm. So they they banned him from the first race on medical grounds. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, he, at the, it was said that he remembered nothing of the accident around the time of it. Really? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's very intriguing. Well, like the test, like the, that whole test. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's weird. So let's talk um, about McLaren's 2015 season then. Obviously, Magnussen 
doesn't he, wait, Magnussen doesn't even start the race in Australia, of course. Yeah, no, yeah. no. So, so yeah, Magnussen was going to replace Alonso for that race. Yeah, turned up in Australia, and McLaren, being McLaren Honda of 2015, uh, broke down on the outlap. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Didn't he even broke get down to start on the, the so did uh, uh, Kvyat as well. Kvyat did as well. Yeah. Bottas didn't start the race because he oh, hurt his back. Yeah. So I think it was like 17 cars at the start of the race or something. Very so the start of a season as well. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's so really excited and there's, um, everyone no. can't even get on the grid. Um, yeah. And then Alonso was back for the next race in Malaysia. And then in the press conference, this is where the accident gets mysterious because mm. Alonso basically contradicted everything that had been said up until that Ooh. point. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, tell yeah. me more, um, Dan. Yeah, basically he was in the press conference and obviously he's being grilled about it because it's a big story that, you know, his double world champions missed his first race back with McLaren. Um, he said that uh, some of the telemetry data from the accident is missing, um, that he he could remember the crash, that he didn't wake up and say he thinks he's a 13-year-old kid in karting and that his recollection of the accident was that the steering locked up, uh, which forced him to slam the brakes on and hit the wall. So basically that's the opposite of Ron Dennis saying it's a driver area and a gust of wind has caused yeah. him. He's saying it's a car problem and that uh, all the data as to what actually happened isn't there. Wow. What a great start to McLaren <laughs> and uh, Alonso getting back together after their Good difficult thing relationship. Good that was a one-off. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there were no arguments no. ever again. Oh my God, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall <laughs> during that, and especially to find out the truth in all of that because yeah that's very odd that Alonso you would imagine would have been briefed going into Malaysia that you stick to the same story as what your boss has said yeah and then he says the complete opposite yeah that's a very strange one indeed so McLaren you know over the course of the 2015 season had reliability problems all year uh, if you watch Formula 1 then you will remember very very easily that uh, they mainly just blew up yeah, I I looked back at the results and it was even worse than I remembered it <laughs> I knew they were I knew they were bad um, but I didn't remember this bad. So Alonso's season, I looked back and he scored two points finishes all season. And if he hadn't have scored fifth in a in the Hungary, which was a mad race, wasn't it? Was where, that when Verstappen finished fourth? Was that yeah, the one where he yeah. uh, recorded fastest lap as well? No, that was Alonso. I think, wasn't it? Uh, the, it it was twenty fifteen Hungary. So I think it was the it was it was the race after Gil Bianchi had died. And they did the whole, um, oh, yeah. where they stood around in a circle. And a lot of the drivers said that it affected them quite a lot. And Yeah, because you know, you're questioning yeah, their mortality. Yeah, so you? you're doing that before the start of a Formula One race. And I remember watching, I remember the race being like particularly mad, like Hamilton went off and made a mistake, which how often does that happen? Mm, yeah. Um, there were loads of like crazy incidents. And yeah, Verstappen ended up finishing fourth for Toro Rosso and Alonso got fifth for... Uh, McLaren, which was very unexpected because, yeah, he'd only scored. So other than that race, if you discount that race, he'd have got one point the whole season where he finished 10th in Silverstone. <laughs> and he scored, he only scored two points more than Marcus Ericsson in the season. <laughs> well, that's wow. understandable. Yeah, the great Marcus Ericsson. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously and the Burton day- didn't do well either, obviously. No. No. Yeah, it's like, because McLaren were unreliable after that, but the cars always had at least some semblance of speed like they could reach Q3 mm. occasionally but that year they were just slow what, and did, how unreliable points did Button get? Button got 16 points he had one, two, three, four points finishes better than Alonso then yeah but that's the thing even like like you were saying you know the 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 retirements and the reliability is obviously an issue 
But if you look at the races McLaren did finish, there's a lot here where, you know, it's 13th, 14th, 11th, 14th, 14th, 16th, 16th, 14th. It so they was just, even, they were yeah. so we slow and so unreliable. Weren't even close. And 2015 was, of course, the time that we had the, the great GP2 engine outburst at yes. Suzuka. Yeah. And uh, that has long lived throughout the meme history, even to this got day. got salty straight away with Alonso and McLaren. Yeah. yeah. It was not, not good at all. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, McLaren Honda finishing second from last in the World Constructors' Championship. Only ahead of Manor. Says a lot, doesn't it? Uh, Manor, did Manor score any points? Was that when no, Manor scored no, no, points, no points all season. Who hit, was it Will Stevens, Dave? Uh, yeah, Will Stevens. Rossi? Uh, Roberto Meri. Meri. Wow. Alexander Rossi. Exciting times. Anything else to add on this subject, gentlemen? It's because they had a bad livery as well. Oh, That's why that was actually up. weird. They, so, because it, it's kind of launch season still and, yeah. you know, every, how butthurt everyone gets when you don't change the livery. Um <laughs> McLaren, I remember there was such hype because it was McLaren Honda. Everyone was like, oh, they're going to go back to red, yeah. the white and red, the Marlboro. It's going to be amazing. They're finally going to get rid of the silver. And they just released a silver livery again. With a with a small red stripe around the nose. Yeah. Why do you um, reckon they didn't go white and red? Because Ron Dennis. Because Ron Dennis. Loves grey. But weirdly, they did change the livery halfway through the season. Yeah, yeah. After Spain, they went black, which looked quite cool now I look back at it. yeah. We like a, you could fully appreciate it well with how slow they were going. Red. Yeah, exactly. It didn't blur at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else? Dan, got anything else written down? Anything to add on Alonso's mysterious um, illness? Anything? No. no. No, I think we're good. No, we're I just think yeah. it would be very interesting if Alonso writes a book one day or something. Just yeah. tells if the he whole goes, story. Goes really into it's, that. It's like Ron a, told a, me to lie. Yeah, like, I'd love to hear yeah, more it's like, of it. There seems like there is some sort of unknown thing, like something's being covered up, but what is it? Like, As with is, is, is it big? Yeah. Is it? Is it nothing? The thing is, <laughs> Alonso being Alonso, there's so much stuff happened in his career that was controversial. Yeah. You wouldn't be surprised that if he wrote a book that it's glossed over because even we'd kind of almost forgot about it when we were thinking of yeah, what yeah. we should do for a testing that time when and we're like oh yeah do you remember when Alonso had that weird I hope crash. he does a does a book and yeah. covers the whole crash at Singapore yeah crash gate I knew the whole spy thing gate, blah 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 all the, all the imagine if he released contracts. a book and they do what they do with like um, Man City at the moment they just go and count back and just get rid of all of his championships and <laughs> Alonso should release that's um, a good shimmy than be eight times eight times what happened yeah. yeah rather than Perfect. have you seen that video that I only saw recently where Alonso is Alonso's on board as he overtakes Schumacher from Suzuka. Yeah. Have you seen that? Oh, what? When, uh, when Schumacher's engine blows up and he's celebrating. Yeah, that like, made me feel physically yeah, sick. <laughs> and then people were replying, like, like, why wouldn't you celebrate? You just won the title. Yeah, but his car could have broken down and stuff. Yeah, I wish it had been like, karma. It's <laughs> karma for, uh, for the Park. FIA giving Alonso a stupid penalty for holding Massa up and qualifying in Monza. Let's not get on to this. I think no. this is uh, slightly coming off uh, off topic. I was but, uh, yeah, because you know you're wrong. No, oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm not going to take on the uh, F1 Wikipedia. But anyway, thank you so much, everybody, for listening uh, to this That Time When podcast. Uh, Tommy, Dan, thank you so much once again. It's good to be back. Uh, yeah. Great to be back, in fact. Uh, well, let's not go too far. Okay, good. Average, mediocre. It, yeah, I am back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next time we're going to be doing that time when a brawn took a one-two on its debut. When a brawn, a brawn, just a brawn. <laughs> Ross Brawn on his own, <laughs> running Ross around Braun. the track. When a brawn, a brawn, as in the car. Braun yeah, yeah. GP. 
uh, that's going to be the one we're actually going to be filming rather soon. So uh, thank you so much, uh, gentlemen. And please leave a rating, five stars, of course. Uh, Always. On that time when we'll do a podcast, wherever you are listening. And until next time, obviously, please do give us your suggestions of what other things we should talk about uh, throughout the season. Hashtag WTF1 podcast on Twitter, usually the best place to uh, find us. Absolutely. At Tommy WTF1 or at Matty WTF1 on Twitter. <laughs> and, and that's it. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bovril. Beefy. Chickeny. Oh, come on. Basie. Beefy, basie, bovril. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.